This is it, folks. The final game of the 2022 season. We've slogged through three months of hard-to-watch football, and it all comes down to the season finale on Saturday against Syracuse. We'll talk to Mitch Wolf and get into everything about BC football's last game of the year. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Friday, everyone. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Um, Today's uh, episode is brought to you by Upside. Upside, download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. All right, so today's episode, this is our final live football conversation of the season. I feel like I've gained about 20 years of my life talking about this team with me today to join in our misery is Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? It's going good. I'm currently debating what Thanksgiving leftovers I'm going to have for lunch, but uh, we certainly have plenty of things to choose from. And then but first we'll talk about this terrible game. All right. So this I think everyone is already writing this game off as a loss, which is interesting given that Syracuse started their season off with kind of a cupcake schedule, wrapped, rattled off six wins, got themselves ranked, and then went into Death Valley, had Clemson on the ropes, and then completely fell apart. And that fa- that falling apart has gone on for five straight weeks. Mitch, talk to me a little bit about Syracuse. Syracuse was a fraudulent team. When they were six, no, I mean, they're, they, they're two, they're some of their quality wins. They quote quality wins. They beat Purdue by three points. They beat Virginia by two points. Both those games were at home. Uh, the first week one, they got the jump on Louisville. Thanks to some bad turnovers by Malik Cunningham. Uh, then they beat an FCS team and they beat the fraudulent NC state. And then, like you said, they kept it close with Clemson. So that's that, that is a quality game. But then since then, they pretty much have been getting blown up by everybody. They actually, they had the lead against Wake Forest last week for in the beginning of the game, but then Wake kind of figured themselves out and got righted the ship and they cruised to a 10 point win. I think that that was mostly because there was a late score to make it closer. So the final score is not as is closer than the game actually was. But uh, Syracuse is they are. I'll say this. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, their offense is fun. Their defense is fun. Uh, just in terms of the stuff they do, they brought over Robert Nanai for the offense coordinator, who was the OC at Virginia last year. Which, uh, if you remember Virginia's offense last year, it was very fun. Lots of deep throws and stuff. Uh, and Virginia's always had a, like they have a very, had a very funky offense in terms of the players they used and all that they did. Syracuse now uh, Syracuse is a little more straightforward. It's basically just like get Sean Tucker the ball as much as possible. And when you're not they're not doing that, get it to Ronda Gatt in the second, who's a good slot big slot wide receiver on defense a uh, lot of really athletic players uh, they run a three three five uh their linebackers marlo wax and michael jones are really good there they lost uh stefan thompson who's a linebacker edge hybrid early in the season but uh and then they uh, they also lost garrett williams who's a really talented corner a few weeks ago but they still have a very deep and talented secondary so what surprised me was when i started doing some previews of this team you know, I, I was like, one of the reasons why I thought Syracuse would be a huge favorite over BC was their ability to run the ball, which mm-hmm. BC has let up 200 yards plus on the ground the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Syracuse, they've got Garrett 
Schrader and Sean Tucker, they've got to be able to run the ball. 70, they're in the 70s in terms of running offense in the country, which surprised me. If you have a, if you've got a back like Sean Tucker, you'd expect them to be much higher than that. But he honestly, I don't want to say he's had a, a tamer year, but he hasn't been as explosive. I think he would say, I have how, been, so how would he put it? In yeah, his well, how, how would he put that? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I need to look up. He would say, I'm disappointed with my performance, but happy that the team got a win. If you're not following Sean Tucker on Twitter or haven't seen his tweets, it's very funny. He gives a, a very dry recap. Here's, here's the one from Wake Forest. Saturday, we lost Syracuse 35, Wake Forest 45. I'm not pleased with the outcome of the game. Competitive game, but still fighting for seventh win. I'm pleased with my performance. I rushed 16 carries, 160 yards, and two TDs. I'm back in the grind trying to finish strong. Hashtag. This is pleased, but it's PL three four SED because his number is thirty four. So that's that's fun, but yeah, and he gives that kind of tweet recap for every game, which is very funny. Um, yeah. Actually, in the in in their blowout to FSU, his tweet says, "Too many good runs called back for penalties, negative plays." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely give Sean Tucker a follow if you have not done so already because he's worth it. So. Is it because Anai has changed the offense so much, or have they just played some teams that they've struggled to run against? Uh, I think that since they got you know, got, got into the meat of their schedule down the down the stretch with teams like Clemson and Pitt, Pitt and Notre Dame and Florida State, when they played stronger defenses, they've really said, okay, like we're just going to take away Sean Tucker. If you if Garrett Trader, if you can beat us consistently through the air, fine. And for the most part, I don't think he's been able to do that. He's had some good games. He's had some bad ones. The offense is very simplified for Trader. It's essentially he's got two reads usually, and then it's like a, the primary read the secondary read a maybe a check down to tucker or or he just runs so it, and it's very rarely is he doing like a full field read it's pretty much all half field stuff mm-hmm. um and he is a very good runner i mean he's, he's big duty six four two twenty plus and and he's 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 tough to bring down so if you remember back a few years ago when he was at mississippi state he had that fun run where he got helicoptered in the air uh but he is definitely a threat with his legs i think he he played against bc last year and he definitely hurt them on the ground but yeah i mean bc really just has to load the box against syracuse force if i think they you got to keep an eye on gadsden the slot receiver but other than that the schrader tucker and gadsden are the three guys other than that it's kind of just a assortment of role players who aren't that explosive or anything so mm-hmm. i would say just really put seven eight guys in the box and the way syracuse offense operates is that if they get a light box they're going to run into it much all the time and if they're they're essentially like using pre-snap rpo say like okay if the box is loaded we're not running it and we're going to throw it to the outside if the box is light we're going to run so i would say keep essentially like these other teams have force garrett trader to beat you through the air and you know he's a guy from the south you hope that a cold weather game in new england on saturday will maybe limit his effectiveness all right in a moment mitch and i are going to look at the offensive side of the ball a, a unit that really really needs to, to turn it around after a really tough game against uh, notre dame we'll give our predictions and then our final segment we're going to go over rivalry weekend across the country and look at our betting picks for the weekend now this episode is brought to you by underdog fantasy the easiest place to spice up college football season you can get on easy it's so easy to play and you can do it in over 30 states just pick between two and five players across any team not just boston college and decide if they will finish higher or lower than the stats that they provide 
You, you get your picks right, you win. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. So sign up with the promo code Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, deposit $100, get $100 free. That's a win right there. So go on to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store, Google Play Store. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On, one word. Get in on the college football pick on action today. This is Locked On BCAJ Black here, our final football game preview of the year, which is, it's sad in a way. I mean, in another way, it's not because the season's been brutal and just many of us are just waiting for it to end. But there is one positive to look forward to in this game. And not just that if BC wins, they're not going to finish the last, which I think is interesting. Uh, they could actually jump Syracuse in the ACC Atlantic standings if they win this game. Um, but the, it is the final time any of us are going to see Zay flowers wearing maroon and gold, which is, is crazy. I think, um, I think a lot of us, it's, it's sad in one way because he never really got a chance. I don't think he ever, did he ever play in a bowl game? Yeah. He played in the Birmingham bowl. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He played in one bowl game all four years, even though they were eligible three out of the four. Um, but it's his final chance out there. I get this feeling that they're going to push push the ball to his way more than usual in this game. What's your thoughts on the offense this week, Mitch? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that they're going to get Flowers the ball as much as possible. He's probably going to have upwards of 10 catches, maybe like 15 targets and a few jet sweeps or rocket passes or whatever. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, I think he's they're going to feed him a lot. He's going to be going up against Darian Chestnut or Deuce Chestnut who's Syracuse's best corner. Uh, but uh, Chestnut's coming off a really bad game against Wake Forest, so you might expect him to positively regress in terms of, like, improve relative to that performance. But, I mean, Flower, the Flowers is probably the best receiver that Chestnut has faced this year. So, uh, if you, aside from A.T. Perry, if you want to count him. But Flowers, I've... And th- that's going to be a bit of a challenge because... I think there are some edge rushers that could really, this is like I said, Syracuse runs three three five. It's very similar to Louisville's defense. A lot of slant stunts, twists, loops, and all that to confuse the offense offensive line. So we know that BC has had issues with that this season. I can't imagine they would stop this week. I will say the offensive line can't really perform any worse than they did last week because they were all sick. So hopefully they're feeling better and we'll put up a better performance. Uh, even just an average one would probably be fine. Uh, it's going to be a long day at the office for Jack Conley. Who's, who will be lining up against Syracuse's two best edge rushers in Caleb Okachukwu and Steve Linton, who's Steve Linton is a 6'5", 219, really like long rangy athlete who I think is going to give Conley a lot of problems around the edge. Uh, But the bright side is that I believe BC will be able to run the ball quite well against Syracuse. And I know they haven't run the ball well very often this season, but, but like I said, this defense is very similar to Louisville. They're not very good. At, it's weird because they're counting stats against the run in terms of like rushing yards per game are pretty decent. Uh, they give up 154.9 yards uh, game, which is 77th. So a little below average, nothing crazy. But if you look at the more advanced stats, uh, which, oh crap, did I lose it? There, oh, oh, where'd it go? I just had it. Um, Anyways, so like if you look at like their rushing EPA and their success rate against run plays, uh, there here we go. Okay, so Syracuse's defense is 114th in the country in EPA per rush. Uh, so they give up a lot. They give up a lot of uh, important rushing yards. They uh, are pretty bad at giving up first downs on first and second downs on early downs, which is uh, g- good for BC because essentially if BC's gonna 
win this game. They are going to run the ball because you really have to establish a balanced offense against Syracuse because they want to sit back in coverage. Uh, they play a lot of two high shells. They play a lot of zone. Um, so you're hoping that a good run game will draw more defenders into the box and then you can hit them with play action over the top. Uh, I mean, last week was Emmett Moorhead's worst game of the season, probably his worst game of his career by far. Uh, I mean, Notre Dame has a very good defense. And like we said, the offensive line was not feeling well and they, they looked it. Uh, but again, I think Moorhead will come. I think he'll go back to more of his, you know, middling level in terms of how we saw him against NC State or um, uh, Duke or whatever. So, you know, I, I honestly think BC is going to win this game. Uh, I know they're 10 and a half point dogs, but I think that that, I think that that ability to run the ball is really going to help. And I think this is, like I said, very similar to the Louisville game. I think Syracuse is going to be negatively affected by the weather, even though obviously BC was effectively negative, negatively affected by the weather last week. But I think that that'll hurt Syracuse this week. And I think BC is going to be able to pull this one out. Wow. Okay. So I'm guessing you're expecting a big game. Who do you, who would you expect a bigger game from Alex Broom or Pat Garwo? Rob? Well, I don't know. I mean, Broom has the has more of an ability to hit the explosive runs. Uh, if he gets into the second level, he can usually turn those into big chunk gains. But given the fact that Syracuse has plays a lot lighter players, I could see Garwo having a big game too, because if he can actually get some holes open, he can run through tackles in the second level. Uh, so I, I think you could see big games from both of them. I think they might. I think they'll probably get each get over 50 yards, maybe in 75 yards, and each will probably score. Oh, maybe each will score a touchdown. All right, so Mitch Mitch is going on record picking BC for this game. I'm going the opposite route. I have it up on Eagle Insider already. Because of Thanksgiving, we didn't get to get our our um, podcast predictions in beforehand. But I have BC losing by three or four points. I think it's – I absolutely would hammer the spread um, because I think BC will be able to keep it close enough. Um, but I don't think BC will have enough. And I, I've learned my lesson through 11 games um, to – other well maybe except for the nc state game that just to expect something stupid to happen to bc during this game and i'm just waiting for whatever that will be whether it's turnovers we haven't seen some really big well maybe we did against notre dame but i'm waiting for a game (laughs) where it's like really big explosives over and over again um you could see something like that happening i'm just waiting for something that we haven't seen yet um because this has been that type of season so i'm gonna pick but i'm gonna pick bc to keep it close and lose maybe 27 24 so our, uh, terms, yeah, I don't really have a score, so we'll just move on. <laughs> all right. I'll just yeah. say BC wins. <laughs> that's good enough, Mitch. I mean, if, if you're a betting person, that's what you're going with. Now, if you're a betting person as well, Mitch and I always love to go over uh, some of the picks, picks of the week. And this is rivalry weekend, which if you're a betting person, good luck, because <laughs> it's one of the most <laughs> brutal weekends of the year. And we're going to come back in just a moment to go over some of our picks for the weekend. All right. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store. We can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas groceries or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. Now, it's so easy to use. You just get started by downloading the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer whenever you're using Upside. Check in at the business, 
Pay as usual with credit or debit cards and boom, you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. This is Locked on BCAJ Black. After today's show, we're going to be getting in. We'll have our review of the Syracuse game. We'll probably do a couple episodes on that. There's also a BC Rhode Island game on Sunday night, and that's a battle of two New England programs with proud traditions. We'll be getting into that on Monday as well. Then get ready, folks. The transfer portal and recruiting news are going to be coming out hot and heavy as we start to get into the transfer portal um, period, which starts on December 5th. Uh, so we'll have news and updates and what that means for the 2023 BCC team uh, coming up soon. So now that we're, we, we've, we've put a bow on the Syracuse game in terms of our preview, let's look at some of the other games from around the country. There's some big uh, rivalry games with major implications. And I think the biggest one is in the Big Ten. And this is Michigan and Ohio State. Ohio State is an eight-point favorite. They're the home team. Mitch, what are you thinking about this game? I think Ohio State's going to win this game. Uh, I believe the spread is plus uh, Ohio State minus seven and a half. Uh, games back in Columbus after last year was Ann Arbor and Michigan got their first win in that game for in a long time. Uh, but this year, they just don't have as many dynamic players on both sides of the ball as they did last year. Um, Blake Corum is nursing an injury. I think their backup running back, Donovan Edwards, is also nursing an injury. I think they're both going to play, but they might both be limited. Uh, Ohio State's defense is much improved from last year. It's still not elite, but it's a lot better than it was last year. And Ohio State has arguably better weapons on offense than they did uh, last year. I mean, they, they're they're down some running backs too, but they just have an incredible stable of backs. They just keep finding them. Then they, I think they had like three guys. They had at least their two big guys down against Maryland. They still found a guy who ran for like 125 yards or something. Um, not sure if Ohio State covers uh, seven and a half is a funky number. I would probably say Michigan covers that spread, but they, I think I still think they lose. Uh, but I think CJ Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr. are just going to be too much for Michigan to, to uh, neutralize. All right. And now uh, let's go to a, what would be a Pac-10 game in a couple of years between an independent and a Pac-12 <laughs> team, Notre Dame versus USC. Now this is another big game with big implications. Five point spread. USC is the favorite. What is your thoughts on this after seeing Notre Dame up close and personal last year? Oh, last week, excuse me. Uh, I mean, USC had a squeaker against UCLA. Uh, I think I actually picked that one right though, because of the scoring difference. Uh, but I'm, I'm still taking USC here. You know, I know Notre Dame had a big week against BC, but I don't, I don't think it's really saying much. Uh, you know, it was a 44 nothing shutout, but I think even though you, and then USC plays a lot of teams close because their defense is questionable. Uh, they, they also struggle to stop the run. So Notre Dame could slow down the game and keep it close, but I don't think Notre Dame really is going to have any answer or enough answers for Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison and Mario. They've got, they've just got an incredible offense and Caleb Williams is, I think he's like, he's pretty close to the favorite for Heisman at this point. So I think USC wins this one. And I think they cover this one too. Uh, Notre Dame making a travel out to Southern California after playing in the snow last week. It's going to be quite the shift for them. Uh, So I'll take USC minus the points here. All right. Now here's your chance. Any other games this weekend that you'd like to pick? Yes. Uh, The one that interests me the most in terms of the spread is actually Kansas versus Kansas State. And Kansas State is 12-point favorites. And 
Kansas State, I believe, is already locked in for the Big Twelve game, or the Big Twelve title game. Uh, they'll face TCU, I'm pretty sure. And but Kansas being twelve point underdogs, even on the road, not there's a huge huge distance between Lawrence and Manhattan and Kansas. But I think Kansas covers a twelve point spread pretty easily. I know I, I'm not sure if Jalen Daniels is back yet. I know there was some talk about him returning, but and Kansas defense is pretty bad. But I think that they'll keep this one closer than twelve. That seems like uh, just just too many points for them so i'll take the jayhawks plus the points here um gonna look at the rest of the board i was as you're looking i'm gonna just riff for a second because i was when i was looking at this is like the big rivalry week there's like the three or four games i mentioned and then there's just some ugly spreads out there i mean georgia oh, yeah. georgia tech 36 i mean even the iron bowl utah utah colorado's 30 points for utah yeah which is crazy uh, for uh, yeah. the iron bowl is 22 and a half like mm-hmm. Some of them. Oh, here's one I would love to talk about Louisville and Kentucky. I know that I know some Louisville guys and I know this is like a huge game for them. What are your thoughts on the World Cup? Yep. Yeah, this is this is gonna be interesting because Kentucky's obviously kind of stumbled in in the last few weeks. They lost to Vanderbilt even. Uh, I I still just don't really trust Louisville as a team. I know they've been reeling off wins and seemingly saving Scott Satterfield's job. Uh, But I think Kentucky's I I think they're going to. You know, I think they're going to take this game really serious. I mean, both teams take it serious. But I think, I think Kentucky's going to win this one. Uh, what was the spread? Three. I three was... for Kentucky. Yep. Mm, I, I think they'll cover that. That's I think I think they can cover that uh, spread, no problem. But yeah, I mean, I I think this is finally Malik Cunningham's last game for the Louisville Cardinals. Um, but I, he still has this propensity to turn the ball over a lot. So I think that'll happen. Uh, maybe Will Levis goes out on a good note after some a stretch of bad games. Uh, another spread that I'm interested in is coastal Carolina versus James Madison in the Sun Belt, And unfortunately, James Madison can't go to a bowl after jumping up from FCS due to the rules of changing the level of football or whatever. Um, but I, I think so James Madison is favored by 14 and a half points, which I think is a lot. I, I know coastal, I think they're still missing their quarterback race and McCall is a really fun player, but 14 points seems like a lot. Um, a lot of James Madison's games are really wonky. Like they, they have to make huge comebacks or they let a team come back by a lot. I think I forget which team that happened to. They let a team really get back in the game. But I, I think Coastal Carolina covers that spread easily against James Madison. All right, Mitch, we got to wrap things up. Where can people find your work? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. Uh, we I published two preview articles uh, for the Syracuse game, which was a really fun deep dive to do, just you know, learning more about both these teams from a statistical standpoint. Uh, and then I have my three keys to the game, which should be coming out either today, Friday, or tomorrow, Saturday, uh, which is a little shorter this week just because we covered a lot of it in the preview piece and I didn't want to repeat myself. Uh, but that's where you can find that stuff. And then once we get through this game, uh, I think I'll be doing some, you know, recap of the season, uh, you know, trying to uh, identify exactly. What, yeah. An autopsy. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then obviously we'll get, be getting into draft season. So maybe we'll do, be putting together some scouting reports for BC players who will be entering the NFL draft. Yeah. I mean, so check out Eagle Insider between now and Monday, we have a Black Friday sale where you can sign up for 75% off an annual subscription. It's $2 and 24 cents a month. Uh, which is a fantastic deal. If you want to just try it out, you're getting a whole year for under 25 bucks. So if you head over to Eagle Insider and sign up a lot, some of the things Mitch was mentioning are behind a paywall, but um, our VIP members can read it. And I think it's a real steal if you want to get all the inside BC info. You're going to want to sign up now too, because as I said, 
getting transfer news, recruiting news as we head into this offseason. It's going to be wild and crazy over there. So make sure to check that out. Uh, this is AJ Black. We'll be back again on Monday to talk about the Syracuse game, talk about URI and everything in between. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I apologize. Today's episode is not the same formatting because I'm at my in-laws for Thanksgiving. So I couldn't in my, my app that I use to record on doesn't work here for some weird reason. So did the best that I could to make sure we got this episode out to you for Mitch Wolf. This is AJ. Have a good one.